Hi there, and welcome to another episode of African Business Stories, your insight into female innovators and entrepreneurs building and running businesses in Africa. I'm Akego Okoye, and on the show today, we're switching it up a bit. We're going to pause from talking about our amazing female entrepreneurs and focus on our fathers. In honor of Father's Day, we've put together a special series titled Lessons and Legacy. It's a collection of conversations with some of my friends and mentors from around Africa on lessons they've learned from their parents and from experiences and the personal legacies they would like to leave for their children. These were all insightful conversations outside of the boardroom. On this episode, I chat with Mohamed Dadi, Managing Director of GE Gas Power Systems, Nigeria and Anglo-West Africa. We talked about the richness of growing up in a multicultural family and the values that have shaped the leader and father he is today. Enjoy. Hi, Mo. Thank you for being with, here today with us. So I wanted to, to ask three very quick questions just to, to get a sense of you as we celebrate Father's Day. The first question I wanted to ask was, what, what it was like growing up in a multicultural home in Nigeria? Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Just a quick intro to Mohammed Mijindadi. I guess my, my version of multi multicultural home, my father was from Niger State, which is dead center in the middle of uh, Nigeria. It's predominantly northern, so you could call it a, a, a northern state. And my mom was from the east, in, from, from Imo State. I think the most interesting thing or unique thing that I always think about growing up is um, my parents mm. met and got married shortly after the Civil War. So the Civil War ended in about 1970, and um, in the history of Nigeria, I think it was um, a very tragic experience because um, it was almost um, two different ethnic groups literally at war, and um, the output wasn't wasn't really positive. And my father was from the northern part of the country, which at that time were ruling Nigeria, and my mom was from the eastern part, which depending on who you talk to, they were the oppressed. So when my parents met in the early 70s, uh, the war had just ended. And um, just remembering tales that my dad used to talk about, you know, mm -hmm. he had it very difficult, you know, while he was courting my mom, because uh, they couldn't understand after the war and the difficulties that um, the Igbo people had gone under the northerners, how my mom would bring a northerner um, to get married. Um, but they, they hit it off. I think um, he, he, he gave us a lot of stories. I, by the time I was born, my grandfather from my mother's side was, was late, so I never got to meet him as an individual. But my father had very nice things to say. Um, he always told me he had a very difficult time uh, with my mother's brothers. However, my mom was uh, the second child of a family of nine children. Um, so she, she was um, an older sister to many brothers. And he always used to tell me her brothers were so difficult. You know, when he was trying to get married, they made a list of every single thing they could think of for him to pay as, wow. as, as a dowry. So growing up, um, my mother's family was Christian. My father's family was Muslim. Um, my, my mother, she converted 
uh, after marriage. So it was always very interesting, just the diversity of our family gatherings. So while my father was from a Muslim family, you know, religious wise and cultural wise, um, whenever we met with my mom's family, you know, was completely different, you know, and, you know, not necessarily from the religious aspect, but just the cultural aspect of it. You know, the Igbo culture is probably one of the most, uh, the, the one of the richest cultures that you could think of in, in the world, you know, from just uh, the language to traditions and rituals. And, uh, you know, so it was it was really, really mixed. But my father was an academician and we were raised to not witness either tribe or religion. We were just raised to be Nigerian and just general good people. Mm. So we grew up, and when I say we, I guess myself and my siblings grew up seeing everyone as one big family. So it was very weird every time we left our environment, then we got exposed to people saying, oh, you're from this place or that place. We never really saw the diversity in in cultures or, you know, we knew they were slightly different, but we thought that was normal. But as we grew up, I think people made it very obvious that, you know, we were kind of different, you know, you don't usually find a lot of families that have this intertribal relationships and stuff like that. But um, I think it was, uh, I think we were fortunate to grow up in in that background. Uh, If you think about Nigeria as uh, the melting pot that it really was supposed to be, I think the best things that could come out of Nigeria is the unity of Everyone, you know, bringing the different peoples and their tribes and their languages together to for, for the greater good. And I think we were fortunate to have grown up understanding that you could have really good people on both sides of the fence and just take people for what they were, you know, completely um, blind to religion, culture and everything and, and just take people for what they were. And I think it had right. a positive impact. Um, in my life. So as I was growing up, um, my wife is, is, is Yoruba. So, you know, I, I like to term myself as a complete Nigerian. Um, my late younger sister got married to an Igbo, uh, man. You know, her husband is, is, is from the East. My older sister got married to a Yoruba man. So, I mean, my family is as diverse as they come. And I think we kind of bring the best of what I would like to see in, any any culture you know it's you know completely breaking the barriers around religion tradition and just loving and carrying yourself as human beings first and and and, you know and and being united in in everything that you do so that was my experience growing up uh, in a multi multicultural home it was um it was a great way to be able to accommodate and adapt to different tribes and different cultures and just accept people, you know, for, for, for the love and the unity that, that we all bring together. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. What would you say was the greatest lesson you learned from your parents? Ah, oh, man. Uh, so again, I think if you think about the background that I, I shared around just how my, my parents had, um, had met, I mean, so forgetting the cultural aspect of it, I think my parents were just from completely different stratas. So, my father was an agricultural economist. Um, my mother was a nurse. Um, they lived in, in an academic uh, environment. We all grew up in, in, in Zaria. I think my father, first of all, they, when they met, they started living in Cornell University. 
So I was born in, in, in Cornell University at the campus. And then shortly afterwards, we all moved back to Nigeria. So I think some of the biggest things that I learned from just my parents in a whole was, um, was the power of a good name. I, I wouldn't mm. say my parents were from wealthy homes, but we were wealthy with the sense of having very strong values and strong morals. And um, I think one of the biggest lessons I, I, I learned from them was just about being genuine. You know, I think my parents, they caught across all sorts of social lines. You know, um, we had friends who were very well placed in society, either based on profession or or just status. And then we had friends who were just the regular Joes. Like my one of some of my mom's best friends were people who sold in the marketplace and we got along very well with everyone. And I think what they had taught us was just the ability to live life without boundaries, but then basically hold on to one of the most important virtues, which is a very strong um, moral and just being, being genuine in everything you do. You know, your word is your bond. Uh, People need to be able to take you at face value. And it's something that has stuck to me, all through my life, you know, um, and and it's it's one of the things that I, I try to pass on to my kids also is just the power of being being genuine. Um, right. I think the other thing also, um, which is a big uh, a big sounding board for me, is um, always always standing for something that you believe in. You know, I think mm-hmm. in life you're always going to be tempted by fate, by life situations, by difficulties. And the things that will get you through is your ability to have something you believe in and standing for it. You know, like the way I always tell a couple of my mentees, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And, and I, and I, I really take that one close to heart because I think it's shaped the foundation of who I am as an individual. I think growing up in the climes that we grow up in, you get exposed to all sorts of people and characters. And, you know, if you really don't have very strong belief system, um, mm-hmm. you could, you could, you could get, get lost. So having something very strong that you believe in and standing for something was the other one. Uh, and I think the last thing that I would remember is, um, is we rise by lifting others. You know, I think my, 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 my background and my family, um, we grew up in an environment where we were always giving and, um, a, a bit of it was cultural, a bit of it was, you know, traditional. But at the end of the day, I think it was something that we just imbibed. I think there are a lot of African families like that. So not a lot of people are very well to do in your surroundings and, you have to look, charity begins from home. So you have to basically ensure that the people around you are doing okay as you're progressing in life. You need to lift back and try to lift one or two other people, you know? So not not to overburden the issue, but I mean, those are like three things that I remember growing up that were very strong values that I imbibed as an individual along with my peers. And it's something that I've tried my very best as a father to make sure that I instill in my kids and the people around me because it's shaped um, who I am as an individual today. So, of course, we're celebrating Father's Day. Yeah. And at the moment, there's this whole global push for gender parity, you know, equal opportunities for all. And and I believe that a lot of it starts in how we raise our kids. You know, and I know you have two three three two boys and a girl and oh you're a girl dad too oh great yes Um, just just reflecting on everything you learned growing up and from your parents what kind of life lessons are you trying to 
pass on to your kids? And and how would they describe you? What kind of dad would they say you were? Yeah, so I, I think um, I have... I have an Im- an image of the kind of dad that I would like them to say I am. And then it probably might differ from what they think the kind of dad that, that I am. Is. Right. So right. I think that, the, so I lost, I lost my dad um, pretty early growing up. I mean, early is relative, but um, I had just graduated from high school. So I was about 14, 15 wow. years old when I lost my dad. And I was the um, first, first male child of a family of four. And um, just because of the dynamics that I described to you about my mother being from a completely different culture, I think the first time that um, I realized how difficult the cross cultures could be was when my father died, because there were a lot of expectations from his side of the family. He was a traditional ruler from, you know, uh, the state that he grew up in. And there were a lot of expectations of what my family was supposed to do, which completely coincide or it it didn't coincide with the ways that we were brought up. So understanding that my mom was not from that world, I had to step in to play the role of a father figure very quickly in in life from decisions around where he would be buried to just protecting my mom and, you know, her investments and her assets. You know, I mean, it was a, it was a very big task for a 14 or 15 year old kid. And um, I think the lessons that I had learned growing up, I thought prepared me for that moment. So if I think about what it is that I would like my kids to um, think of me as, I think I would like for them to think of me as 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 a superhero. Um, I I live my life for my family. You know, I'm a I'm a total family man, and I think I have been blessed. You know, to have a supportive wife who has kind of been my my true north to just keep me focused and and, and guided. But I do everything for my family, and um, I, I've had situations in life where I've read between the lines, and I think. In my view, God has sent specific messages to me to kind of guide through. And I think the biggest lesson or message that I, I believe um, in, in all my life occurrences is just the importance of family. Um, I would never put anything before family. I would do my best to ensure that I'm able to guide my family to have at least the same strong morals that I have had. So I would like for them to think of me as as a superhero who basically can break all the barriers and protect them and make the best for all of them. Um, I think the lessons that I have learned, I would like to pass on to them. And I've, I've, I've basically broken it down to two things. What I've told them is, you know, the most important things in life is a good family name, morals, and the experiences that you make out of it. So with the family name and morals, uh, again, like I walk into places today and I I mention my dad's name. And even though he has passed away for such a long time, I still find people who remember him and remember the things that he has done and the the way that he made them feel, you know, same thing with my mom. And it's a really humbling experience for me. And I think for me, I basically live my life trying to make sure that I've been able to touch and impact as many people as possible. Because in my view, whenever you're, whenever you leave this place, you know, you want to make sure that you have left such a mark that people will remember you by. So in my view, it's 
definitely a great family name and and uh, a great uh, legacy. I think for me, those are some of the most important things. And and I've 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 lived life right now just for experiences. You know, I know that um, life is very uncertain. We make mm-hmm. plans, but at the end of the day, not everything we plan turns out the way we want them to be. So. I live life to the fullest. I, I try to ensure that, you know, I create memories with my family and my kids. I'm very selfish around planning for holidays when we travel, just because at the end of the day, I want them to remember, you know, the experiences that we had. And I would hope that they pass these sorts of experiences to their own families and their kids. And, you know, there, there's just so much in life if you're able to cherish these experiences. And if you couple that with, um, a very strong moral belief and 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 integrity and your name. I, I think for me that's the best gift that I can give my kids, and I hope they will remember me um, as that. You know. Thank you so much, and happy Father's Day, Mo. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. That was one of many conversations in the Father's Day special, Lessons and Legacy. All the conversations in the series are available on my website, www.africanbusinessstories.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on the Apple Podcast app or the Google Podcast app. And do leave us a review so we know how we're doing. I am Akego Koye and you have been listening to African Business Stories.